morning, everyone. Why, why, thank you. You haven't heard it yet. Uh, And hello at home as well. Um, Well, the first thing to say, uh, just to let you know, is is that um, God has just God has just changed the talk. Um, So this is going to be really interesting for us all. Um, I felt that there may be a change coming, and I just couldn't get anything else to land, and, and so I just carried on preparing the talk that was part of our life coaching series. Uh, so that was all done, um, even up um, very early this morning to make sure that was right and everything, and then we were in the worship, and God's, uh, well actually I was walking down here this morning praying, and I felt God say this to me, it's my church, and I've got this. That's good, that's handy, right? <laughs> to any pastor, that is really good news. Believe me, that is good news. Um, and then in the worship, God said, Psalm 23. So Father, we love you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, you are always on the move. We will pin our ears back to hear what you say, to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, as it were. And we, if we could, we would kind of rip open our hearts so they're so fresh for what you want to do in us all here this morning. Thank you, God. Now, just before we launch into Psalm 23, I just want to play you um, a couple of minutes of video. So this is Nicola Neal, who runs Every Life, uh, and was due to be coming in a couple of weeks' time. That's uh, looking pretty unlikely right now. But she released this video, well, released sounds a bit strong, no offence, Nicola, we love you. Um, But basically she put this video on Facebook and it was so good uh, and encouraging. We got in touch and said, can we nab it and play it? She said, here you go, sent it to her and said, help yourself, do what you want with it. So um, just watch this for a couple of minutes and then I'll be back. I'm just having like the best day. I've been documenting stories that are coming out from our missions base in Kampala of transformation. And there's this one story that has literally blown my mind again today. Our team met this lady one day when they were walking through one of the slums and she was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And she just lost all hope. Her, Her situation was utterly devastating. I mean, just poverty to the extreme in every way. And and they spent some time with her and they were just talking with her you know and telling her about Jesus and how he has this beautiful plan for her life and that she has a hope in him and there is a good future for her in him and they prayed with her to encounter his presence and they gave her a bible what they didn't realize when they gave her the bible was that she couldn't read but she took the bible anyway and then when she would wake up in the mornings which is when she would have like the strongest craving she would wake up and like she'd really want to have a drink or take drugs or whatever she would pick up the bible now knowing she couldn't read it she would pick it up anyway and she was telling them how she would just then hold the bible against herself like this and when she held the bible against herself the desire for the drink and the drugs would just disappear and she would encounter the presence of god how amazing is that and so that's what she did Every day, whenever that sort of feeling would take over her, she would grab her Bible and just hold it against her chest, 
choosing to believe that whatever it said inside because she didn't really know was true for her life and and that's how she detoxed and she's now completely addiction free she hasn't drunk and she hasn't taken drugs for quite a long time and she's doing super super well and other areas of her life are beginning to be restored to her it's an amazing story how cool is that she just held the bible against her and the power of god transformed her life love it brilliant wow we love that. Just looking for anyone hugging their Bible right now. No, okay. If you've got your uh, Bibles, then do turn to Psalm 23. I'm going to read it to you anyway. It won't come up on the screen. That's all fine. The Lord is my shepherd, says David. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. God, thank you. In the same way as that lady held the Bible to her, we want to hold your word to us. And see our hearts and lives transformed. We all need detoxing, God. We all need detoxing. Whether it's from being workaholic or warrior, detoxing from religion, from sugar, from overeating, from wrong relationships. The list goes on. Detox us this morning, God. Okay, we're going to go through this just a little bit at a time. So this is David, um, Sling David, the one who knocked Goliath out, David, that David who went on to become King David, etc. And he says this, the Lord is my shepherd, God is my shepherd. So what does a shepherd do? Well, a shepherd guides, a shepherd protects, a shepherd leads, a shepherd nurtures, and generally shields in sheep and takes them on a journey, takes them around so they can find the best pasture. Good grass means happy sheep. And David says, the Lord is that to me. That's what he is. The Lord guides me. He leads me. He takes me to all the best places. As Nick says to me, every time we walk into McDonald's, this is amazing. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is that person to me. Therefore, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. So David says, because of who God is to me, because of the position I place God in in my life as my shepherd, because of that decision that I have made to believe who he says he is, I don't lack 
anything. I lack nothing. I love this. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, there's a couple of things that God does here. Of course, he will lead us to green pastures. And anyone who's got any kind of um, dog or cat, you know they find the sunniest, most pleasant spot, ideally where there's some kind of settee or a duvet or something as soft as can be, and they will lie there and lose themselves. And that's one of the things that David is saying here. He's saying, because of the leading of God, because he is my shepherd, he leads me into places where, frankly, I can sunbathe. Now, that green pasture might not necessarily look like your house. I mean, it's all right for David to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. David didn't have coronavirus to deal with. Right now, there is a green pasture that you can be lying in. And you don't have to go up to the Y-downs in a cagoule to be able to do that. The green pasture is found in him. When we know God as our shepherd, we find the green pasture because that's where he takes us. You'll see as we go on. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, all, all, the, play, all the way through the Bible, the, the waters generally will speak of life and of the Holy Spirit. So God says, I'm going to lead you to a place that is symbolic of that. And I'm going to lead you in that place down to by the water. Now, if ever you have been to a babbling brook in the summer, those kind of ones where you let your kids go in and build a little dam or splash around. You know those ones? If, if, you've all been there, right? Yes? Yeah, okay. Good, good, good. David says, when God is my shepherd, that's where he takes me. He takes me to the place that is full of life. Life because water symbolizes life and life because water symbolizes the Holy Spirit. So he takes me to those places of life. He is my shepherd. That's where he leads me, to these places of life. It goes on to say that he refreshes my soul. See, that's where he's taking you. He's trying to refresh you. Just put your hand up in here. You can put your hand up at home. I'll pretend to see you. Put your hand up in here if you feel right now, I'd love some refreshing. Okay. Cool. Those people who didn't put your hand up, just check your arm works. Yeah, just, just check. But nearly everyone, we all long for that refreshing. And God says, I'm your shepherd. I'll lead you to places of refreshing. This is starting to sound a little bit like Chris's talk from last week about just finding those quiet places. And in those places, God says, I will meet you. I will give you refreshing. He refreshes my soul. That is like that ice cold drink on a baking hot day. 
I don't drink beer, so I don't know that feeling. But that, oh, especially sparkling water for me. I've reached that age where I like a bit of sparkling water. And on a baking hot day, sparkling water, San Pellegrino by choice. Um, And then a slice of lemon in it, some ice. It's freezing cold, but the weather's baking hot. Oh, that moment. God says, I've got a load of those moments for you. I can take you to the place where San Pellegrino comes from. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. What does that mean? It means this. God is our shepherd. Therefore, as a shepherd, you guide. That's what shepherds do. They guide. Now, if you think of a guide as in you're going out on a trek and you have a guide with you, the guide will be out in front and be moving. So if we are to follow God, if we are to know him as our shepherd, there is an element of moving that will need to happen. He guides me in paths of righteousness, it says in some translations, but he guides me along the right paths. So there is an attentiveness from us to God as the shepherd that when we don't know what to do, we only have to follow him. That's all we have to do. We just have to follow him. That's it. Where are we going today, God? What are we up to today? That job, God, do I take that job? Do I not take that job? I found this really nice girl. Do I go with her, not go with her? I think I found a potential husband. I think, I think I'm up for a career change. I don't know whether to have another baby. Shall I get a curry in? I think you can probably make that decision yourself. The answer generally is yes to that one, by the way. I can help you with that one. He guards me, guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Now, what does for his name's sake mean? Well, it's not a closing to a prayer, as people often consider that to be. But instead, for his name's sake, when, when God guides us in the right paths, we are guided to places of fruitfulness. Okay? So God will not guide us into fruitless places. Because that's not what fathers do. They guide you into fruitful places. It doesn't mean he guides you into easy places, but it does mean he'll guide us into fruitful places. And when we are fruitful, it reflects really well on him. You think if any of you in the room are dads, or parents at least, there's something about what happens with your children that reflects back on you, right? Good or bad, actually, it can often feel like that. So he guides us along paths that take us into places of fruitfulness and he does it because of his extravagant love for us and he does it because of the relationship and the flourishing in that relationship that it causes between us and him. There's an overwhelming gratitude from us, his pride, if you like, in us. There's a heart swelling. It strengthens that relationship. That is where he guides us. So, even though I walk through the darkest valley, or as it says in the King James, even though, or yay, though I walk, yay, it's such an underused word. Not yay, not Y-A-Y, exclamation mark, Y-E-A. I think we should bring it back. Yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or though I walk through the darkest valley, 
You cannot stop there. You cannot stop there. He says this. It's the whole phrase you have to get. Even though here, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, just a little bit of advice, don't ever set up camp in the valley of shadow of death. It's not the greatest, okay? Try Cornwall instead. Way nicer. The valley of the shadow of death or the darkest valley is a place that, yes, you cannot skirt round. We have to go there at times. However, keep walking. He's still guiding. He's still guiding you. Whatever you're wrestling with at the moment, whatever you're struggling, keep walking. He's still guiding you. And don't listen to the lie that just because it's dark and you can't see him that he's not there. That's a lie. He is there. Even though I keep walking through that darkest valley, I will not fear. For some of us with coronavirus or cancer or losing loved ones or losing jobs, some of us, we need to be making that declaration, I will not fear. I remember hearing of a a speaker once who was really struggling with fear, so he got another chair and set it just a little bit away from him and said, Devil, you can sit in that chair and listen to me declaring about God's goodness. There's some homework for some of you. I will not fear. I have not been given a spirit that makes me a slave again to fear. Instead, I will fear no evil, he says, because for you're with me. It's like we've got God, if you've said yes to Jesus, you've got God living on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is all around you as well as being on the inside of you. What then shall I fear? Even death has lost its sting. You can't threaten me with heaven. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to die. But one day, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And the rod and the staff are symbolic of the Bible, your word, the God's word, and God's Holy Spirit. Now, as well as the the written word, there's also the word that God has spoken to you. So listen, when you're going through times like this, listen for what God is saying to you. Let the Holy Spirit be a comfort and a guide to you, but also remember what God has said to you. Listen for what he's said. And remember, old orders are good orders until there are new orders. So when you're going through some of these darkest valley times, dig out some words that God gave you maybe many years before. And if you haven't seen them come to pass yet, then lean into them. Because now is the time. He says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. (laughs) It's really difficult when you read that to not just think of a load of smug analogies. But God is basically saying, I've got this. I've got this. Remember, I've said, I'll provide for you. 
I will lead you, I will guide you, I will take you to places of fruitfulness. David says he lacks nothing, so that's got to involve food, right? Yes, good. I can hear you at home, thank you, I can't hear them in the room. But that's okay. So it's got to involve food, because he says he lacks nothing, and as humans we need food. So it must involve food, and here we go, a few verses later, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love that. I love that. God doing a bit of waiting. And you know what? There's something so beautiful about this that I don't think for a moment that God spoke that table and the cutlery into being. He could. But that's not what a father would do. A father would come and place that cutlery. And this is what David is talking about. Can you imagine the most incredible table with a feast of all your faves I don't know what your death row dinner is but it will be on there a roast will definitely be on there you prepare a table before me shall I help put the cut no you're not helping put the cutlery out stand back I'm doing this for you but but you're God. I mean, I, I, I'm here. I should be serving you. I mean, come on. At least, at least let me put the, uh, the hors d'oeuvres out. God says, no, no, no. I'm doing this for you. I love you. This is my gift to you. I'm preparing a table before you and in the presence of your enemies. Devil, hope you're still watching. God's preparing a table for me. That's what he does. And a table, of course, speaks of provision. So some of you may be facing the possibility of losing jobs. God says, I'm preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Don't fear. Don't fear. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. So not only do we have the Holy Spirit, but the anointing, the head with oil is symbolic of us being empowered by the Holy Spirit too. So it's not just like, oh, I know I've got God with me, that's nice, like he's a little kind of pet pooch. But we have had, and if you feel short on it, you can just ask, the anointing, which is the supernatural empowering of God, poured over us. And it starts with the head and it runs down. You anoint my head with oil. This isn't, this isn't, you get a tiny little bit of oil, Turn the, put your finger over the top of it, turn it upside down. You've got a tiny little bit of oil on there, a bit of Duckham's or something, or Castrol. You know, it's not that. This is a jug. This is a jug. You're like, well, wait, it doesn't say anywhere about a jug there, Chris. It's like, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So God has prepared a table for us, a feast for us, a feast of him. And then he goes on to say, I'm pouring an anointing, I'm, impo- I'm pouring my Holy Spirit over you and I'm going to fill your cup up. Now I don't know about you, every now and then if I pour out a fizzy drink, I misjudge the bubbles. You've all done that, right? You misjudge them. If it's Coke, top tip, stick your finger in. It's brilliant, it bursts the bubbles in no time. But we've all done that, unless it's someone else's drink. That's horrible. Um, But anyway, 
So the, the bubbles come up and it overflows. Oh, I have to pick it up and get, go and get a cloth, wait for the bubbles to die down, pour a bit more in. Not God. Pouring, pouring, and you're looking, thinking he's going to stop in a minute. And God says, no, still pouring, because this is what I'm like. Don't ever make God into the polite God that finishes the polite distance from the top of the glass. When was ever God polite? God isn't polite like that. He's opulent and extravagant and frankly ridiculous when it comes to us. So he pours a drink and keeps pouring and keeps pouring and he pours the anointing of himself over us to, for us to know him and to be released into greater life and fruitfulness. Isn't that amazing? He deals basically with our spiritual condition and needs and he deals with our physical condition and both of them he pours way more than he needs to. So don't speak of lack in your life because that has not come from him. He is not a father who lacks. Surely, therefore, David says, basically having said all this and set all this out, he says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Like, surely, come on. After all that that God promises, after all that that he is as a father, how can goodness and love or mercy, goodness and love and mercy, let's put them both in, how can goodness, love and mercy not follow me all the days of my life? It says forever. How? Will your, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Like always and always and always. You look over your shoulder. It's like God's goodness and mercy is coming after me again. I can't get away from his goodness and mercy. It's impossible to get away from God's goodness and mercy. The only thing we can ever do is listen to the lies of the enemy and turn our back. If you've done that, you can just turn back in a moment because his goodness, love and mercy have been pursuing you. David elsewhere says, where can I go from your presence? If I go up to the heights, you're there. If I go down to the depths, you're there. If I go to the farthest reaches of the sea, there still I find you. His goodness and mercy right now is following you. Let it catch you up. Just let it catch you up. And finally, he says this, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell. Dwell, oh, to reside, to to wait, to hang out. I loved, and I'm about to embarrass her slightly probably, I loved what Kat said on Facebook. If I do embarrass her, it's her fault. She shouldn't have put it on Facebook. Um, about Josh. It's their wedding anniversary. And she said a couple of lovely things about Josh and then said, he is home. Sweet, right? It's lovely. He really is Lovely. And obviously Kat is not replacing God with Josh. It's an analogy. But David, he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where's home? The Father. That's home. He's my home. He's my home whether I'm down here. He's my home when I finally leave this realm and 
and go still to be with him. It's not like I'm not with him now and then I go to be with him. He is home. Let's stand. We're going to pray, wrap up. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.